In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Was Paquita a saint? What is a saint? I was puzzled when I saw Paquita's name on our sanctoral, that list of saintly feasts and festivals and commemorations. A good woman who overcame suffering and devoted her life as a Roman Catholic nun. But so were so many. Was she? Paquita was born in the Darfur region of southern Sudan, well, they are again having a war, by the way. At the age of seven, she was captured by armed uh, slavers. There was always a good trade, and there still is, in the um, Arab countries right along that coast there. And she was so traumatized, she even forgot her name. And thus began her life of being traded around to various owners for the next 12 years. Here we've got to stop and look at the context of this practice. It's been going on for millennia. It's still going on. There are still slaves in this world. I mean, actual slaves. The American experience with the mass transport of black Africans to support the southern plantation economy was particularly heinous and large-scale. You know, as late as the 1960s, I heard a uh, missionary, one of the old-fashioned kinds of missionaries that went out to primitive people to bring them to God and save their souls. Nice man, though. Very dedicated. And he was telling us stories about slave raids even then. Um, slave trading was not even restricted to people of color. Anybody who was weak or marginalized could be stolen and sold. The Vikings entered undefended Anglo-Saxon villages and captured fair, blonde, blue-eyed English men, women, and children and herded them aboard their ships as cargo, human livestock, to be sold. It's all about making money. While we abhor slavery, Makita's situation wasn't uncommon. She was only one of many souls who were ripped from home and family no matter what race or nationality. Bikita was beaten in that era, so was everybody else. You know, they used to flog soldiers and, and sailors and servants in people's houses and factory workers. We've come up long way here in the West. But she was treated humanely, uh, even kindly, by some of her masters and mistresses. By God's grace, her life changed when she was sold to the Italian consul in Khartoum, Sudan, 
And then he gave her away to a good friend because the friend had a young daughter. And Bakita already was showing uh, kindness and wisdom. I don't know if she could read or write at the time, but she was sold as a mammy to this girl. And when the friend, who was also in the consular service, I presume, went back to Italy, he took Bakita with her, with him. And she continued to serve as a nanny to the daughter. Accompanying the girl to Venice's Institute of Catechumens, Bikina, who soon became Josephine, found herself drawn to Christianity. We know from things she said she had always been called to a god she didn't even know how to name. As a child, and even in slavery, she would talk about the beauty of the world. Who is it that could make such beauty? And she wanted to know it. So she was baptized as Josephine in 1890. Her experience of baptism was profound. She kissed the font. Here I became one of the daughters of God, she proclaimed. And we do know from what we know about her, from what she wrote, or people wrote down about what she wrote, she had always had that calling. But the anxiety of not knowing from day to day what her fate would be, the fear of the unknown, supported by that shock of losing her home and family and even name, and every beating or unkind word or odious work she'd been subjected to must have hung over her every day. In Italy, the kindness of a Canossian priest and spiritual director unleashed a dormant vocation and led her to both civil emancipation and the convent. Josephine entered religious life in 1896 as, as a Canossian daughter of charity and became well-loved by the children attending the sister's school and by local citizens. At the end of her life, Josephine was revered across Italy for her loving spiritual wisdom. So yes, she was an icon of the horrors of slavery and the reconciliation to a free life. But I think that misses the great point of her life and why she is a role model of Christian life. <coughs> St. Paul instructs slaves to obey their masters, we wince. But I think what Paul is, is teaching, what he's getting at, I'm convinced of it, is that we're all slaves to something or someone. Our society, our social standing, our jobs, our bosses, our religious superiors, our families, our friends, our community, our own sins. And that 
is no surety of love. There is no surety of love or, or mutual support, even in a good family. There's always something that wants to own us. The only true freedom lies in clinging to Christ Jesus. God is the only freedom. God is the only surety. God is the only friend we can count on when everything is so bleak. What we just heard in the gospel, God is not a judge who doesn't want to hear us. In fact, he's very welcome to hear us. But there are times when we feel like we're banging on a door that won't open or we're banging on the door of an empty room. I don't know how she prayed, but eventually that door opened. The only true freedom is clinging to Jesus Christ, and Sister Josephine recognized in Jesus crucified her kinship with him in all her suffering in the fear and the beatings and being sent from one house to another, she had already the knowledge of God who allowed himself to be beaten and falsely accused and murdered. And in Christ resurrected, she found her adoption to God the Father in love and was over was able to overcome the fear and the sorrow with forgiveness and with service to others. That is why we revere her and call her a saint. because she took her suffering and lived out the life of Christ in mercy and love. In Christ Jesus' name, we try to change our societal norms to mitigate human cruelty and greed, and we've stopped some of those beatings. I mean, if, uh, if, if a military superior laid hands on, on some young kid and tried to lash him, they'd be a court-martial. I mean, we don't do that anymore. But the cruelty does exist in a lot of places. They're still beating women and men in Saudi Arabia and making a public spectacle of it. We know in our heart of hearts that the fullness of God's kingdom of mercy and justice in, the head, in, in, in a people of contrite heart and humble spirit, it's not going to appear a week from Thursday. We're still living in a world that has more cruelty. Jesus weeps. Is slavery over? Hardly. We still see human trafficking. We've given it a nice name, human trafficking. And it's all around us. 
I mean, even look at those coyotes that take money up front from a frightened people enslaved by cartels and dictators and then dump them at the border. That's a form of slavery. And the abduction of girls in various parts of Africa? That's slavery. Even Bakita wasn't freed to have what we would call a good life, marriage and children and a home of her own. She was called to remain in a conventional order, a disciplined life, not free to choose her pleasures or interests. But she turned slavery into freedom in Christ, living out all his life in hers in suffering and in healing, in death and in resurrection to a new life. While Paquita has a lovely collect of her own, which we just heard, the collect for this week says, Heavenly Father, send your Holy Spirit into our hearts to direct and rule us according to your will, to comfort us in all our afflictions, to defend us from all error, and to teach us in, and to lead us into all truth through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's a good blueprint for our lives in Christ. Perhaps a kinder life than was Bikita's or perhaps not. But the life we are given and the vocation to which we are called. So is Sister Josephine Bakita a saint? Yes. And so are we all. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus told his disciples a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, Grant me justice against my opponent. For a while he refused, but later he said to himself, Though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, and because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice, so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? The Gospel 
the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. a saint? What is a saint? I was puzzled when I saw Bikita's name on our sanctoral, that list of saintly feasts and festivals and commemorations. A good woman who overcame suffering and devoted her life as a Roman Catholic nun. But so were so many. Was she? Bikita was born in the Darfur region of southern Sudan, where they are again having a war, by the way. At the age of seven, she was captured by armed uh, slavers. There was always a good trade, and there still is, in the um, Arab countries right along that coast there. And she was so traumatized, she even forgot her name. And thus began her life of being traded around to various owners for the next 12 years. Here we've got to stop and look at the context of this practice. It's been going on for millennia. It's still going on. There are still slaves in this world. I mean, actual slaves. The American experience with the mass transport of black Africans to support the southern plantation economy was particularly heinous and large scale. You know, as late as the 1960s, I heard a uh, missionary, one of the old-fashioned kinds of missionaries that went out to primitive people to bring them to God and save their souls. Nice man, though. Very dedicated. And he was telling us stories about slave raids even then. Um, slave trading was not even restricted to people of color. Anybody who was weak or marginalized could be stolen and sold. The Vikings entered undefended Anglo-Saxon villages and captured fair, blonde, blue-eyed English men, women, and children and herded them aboard their ships as cargo, human livestock, to be sold. It's all about making money. While we abhor slavery, Makita's situation wasn't uncommon. She was only one of many souls who were ripped from home and family no matter what race or nationality. Bikita was beaten. In that era, so was everybody else. You know, they used to flog soldiers and, and sailors and servants in people's houses and factory workers. 
We've come a long way here in the West. But she was treated humanely, uh, even kindly, by some of her masters and mistresses. By God's grace, her life changed when she was sold to the Italian consul in Khartoum, Sudan. And then he gave her away to a good friend because the friend had a young daughter. And Bakita already was showing uh, kindness and wisdom. I don't know if she could read or write at the time, but she was sold as a nanny to this girl. And when the friend, who was also in the consular service, I presume, went back to Italy, he took Bikita with her, with him. And she continued to serve as a nanny to the daughter. Accompanying the girl to Venice's Institute of Catechumens, Bikina, who soon became Josephine, found herself drawn to Christianity. We know from things she said, she had always been called to a god she didn't even know how to name. As a child and even in slavery, she would talk about the beauty of the world. Who is it that could make such beauty? And she wanted to know it. So she was baptized as Josephine in 1890. Her experience of baptism was profound. She kissed the font. Here I became one of the daughters of God, she proclaimed. And we do know from what we know about her, from what she wrote, or people wrote down about what she wrote, she had always had that calling. But the anxiety of not knowing from day to day what her fate would be, the fear of the unknown, supported by that shock of losing her home and family and even name, and every beating or unkind word or odious work she'd been subjected to must have hung over her every day. In Italy, the kindness of a Canossian priest and spiritual director unleashed a dormant vocation and led her to both civil emancipation and the convent. Josephine entered religious life in 1896 as a Canossian daughter of charity and became well loved by the children attending the sisters' school and by local citizens. At the end of her life, Josephine was revered across Italy for her loving spiritual wisdom. So yes, she was an icon of the horrors of slavery and the reconciliation to a free life, but I think that misses the great point of her life and why she is a role model of Christian life. <coughs> St. Paul instructs slaves to obey their masters, we wince. But I think what Paul is, is teaching, what he's getting at, I'm convinced of it, 
is that we're all slaves to something or someone. Our society, our social standing, our jobs, our bosses, our religious superiors, our families, our friends, our community, our own sins. And that is no surety of love. There is no surety of love or, or mutual support, even in a good family. There's always something that wants to own us. The only true freedom lies in clinging to Christ Jesus. God is the only freedom. God is the only surety. God is the only friend we can count on when everything is so bleak. What we just heard in the gospel, God is not a judge who doesn't want to hear us. In fact, he's very welcome to hear us. But there are times when we feel like we're banging on a door that won't open or banging on the door of an empty room. I don't know how she prayed, but eventually that door opened. The only true freedom is clinging to Jesus Christ, and Sister Josephine recognized in Jesus crucified her kinship with him in all her suffering in the fear and the beatings and being sent from one house to another. And she had already the knowledge of God who allowed himself to be beaten and falsely accused and murdered. And in Christ resurrected, she found her adoption to God the Father in love and was over was able to overcome the fear and the sorrow with forgiveness and with service to others. That is why we revere her and call her a saint. because she took her suffering and lived out the life of Christ in mercy and love. In Christ Jesus' name, we try to change our societal norms to mitigate human cruelty and greed, and we've stopped some of those beatings. I mean, if, uh, if, if a military superior laid hands on, on some young kid and tried to lash him, they'd be a court-martial. I mean, we don't do that anymore. But the cruelty does exist in a lot of places. They're still beating women and men in Saudi Arabia and making a public spectacle of it. We know in our heart of hearts that the fullness of God's kingdom of mercy and justice in, the head, in, in, in a people of contrite heart and humble spirit, it's not going to appear a week from Thursday. 
We're still living in a world that has more cruelty. <sighs> Jesus weeps. Is slavery over? Hardly. We still see human trafficking. We've given it a nice name, human trafficking. And it's all around us. I mean, even look at those coyotes that take money up front from a frightened people enslaved by cartels and dictators and then dump them at the border. That's a form of slavery. And the abduction of girls in various parts of Africa? That's slavery. Even Bikita wasn't freed to have what we would call a good life, marriage and children and a home of her own. She was called to remain in a conventional order, a disciplined life, not free to choose her pleasures or interests. But she turned slavery into freedom in Christ, living out all his life in hers in suffering and in healing, in death and in resurrection to a new life. While Paquita has a lovely collect of her own, which we just heard, the collect for this week says, Heavenly Father, send your Holy Spirit into our hearts to direct and rule us according to your will, to comfort us in all our afflictions, to defend us from all error, and to teach us in, and to lead us into all truth through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's a good blueprint for our lives in Christ. Perhaps a kinder life than was Bikita's or perhaps not. But the life we are given and the vocation to which we are called. So is Sister Josephine Bakita a saint? Yes. And so are we all. Amen.